Welcome to this week's episode of the HC Hive, a podcast about all things HCI, UX, and grad school. We're now in Hershali, students in Georgia Tech's Human Computer Interaction Program. In this episode, we will be chatting about a very fun and lighthearted topic rejection. For today's episode, we invited some of our own family members, members of the podcast team, so we can talk a bit more personally about this topic. So guys, why don't we do like a really quick round of introductions and just tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm Sav. I do the production for the podcast. Hi guys, I'm Taylor. I am on the psychology track in the MSHCI program, and I work on writing the scripts for the podcast. Hi guys, my name is Matthew. I'm a um, interactive computing student at Georgia Tech, um, and I help with finding music and uh, whatever else I can help with. Hey everyone, my name is Austin. I'm on the interactive computing track of the MSHCI program, and I also help with music recruitment and introductions and whatever else is needed. (laughs) Great. Thank you everyone for joining us today and for all the hard work that you all put into the podcast. So to start off, let's discuss the context of rejection and our overall experience with rejection in a lot of different areas, including student life, job hunting, our own interests, other people, and even how it affects our health. So in our lives, what are some ways you've all seen rejection impact your life? Sad, would you like to start us off on this one? Yeah, I feel like rejection is kind of a difficult topic to talk about just because most people don't really like advertise the times in which they've been rejected. They advertise the times in which they succeeded. But definitely in each of these areas, I've experienced rejection. And sometimes it was in my undergraduate experience and sometimes it's currently, but I definitely see how they're interconnected. So as far as like job hunting and internship time, like I'll go ahead and say, like, I've applied to internships and have recently received emails where they said, you have not been selected. And that's not the easiest thing to hear. And I can see where, like, experiencing that rejection could affect other parts of your life. So if you're not sleeping because you're trying to apply to other things or if you it affects your mental health or your ability to hang out with other people, like, I definitely see how rejection can have an impact in each of those different areas. It doesn't just stand alone. But, yeah, I think it's important to recognize that and kind of combat that in different ways by continuing to hang out with people and immerse yourself in your interests just so that you can continue following the things that you're passionate about. Yeah, definitely. Um, I liked what you mentioned just now about um, understanding like the different ways it affects um, like different areas of your life. Um, and we're sorry to hear that they didn't select you. That's actually so unnecessary. They should have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who are they? Drop the name. Yeah. Drop the name, we're fine. So uh, obviously rejection is an important part of everyone's life i think that like you can't just go into things without being accepted that's pretty obvious i would say that like rejection uh i get rejected a lot because i definitely try a lot of things but i'd say rejection definitely hurts when you've invested some time or some effort or really hope or anything into it it really sucks when you're like maybe for example in the internship search it sucks if you're like four stages in or something and then you finally get rejected that really sucks and that can like just mean like you lost a lot of resources and time but 
for people, I would say that like rejection probably impacts people day to day the most in terms of like romance and other people and just social connections, because that is like uh, super common and like kind of brutal. And there's a lot of investment emotionally, too. Yeah, I love I love sort of two things that you said, Matthew. First is that like rejection is kind of a natural consequence and symptom of, of trying, right? Like it's when you make an attempt for something like a rejection is a very real possibility that comes out of that. And it is important to recognize that it is very natural and just comes out of you making an effort. But I also like what you really said about the investment. And there's almost like a proportion where the more you try about something or the, or the more effort you put behind something that kind of reflects in how like how bad you feel if you get rejected. So those are really important things to kind of recognize in ourselves. And I think you're right. I think like social relations in, in, of any capacity, whether it's romantic or platonic or with your family or whatever, they are very high investment, right? You invest a lot of emotions and energy into those. So I can see how that sort of rejection is kind of the most impactful. But, you know, speaking of kind of those feelings and, and kind of the effects of rejection, rejection has like a word is kind of abstract, but it can have kind of distinctive physical, mental, emotional effects. And Sav and Matthew, you guys both kind of spoke to this a little bit. So for Taylor and Austin, you know, how have you guys kind of experienced the physical, mental and emotional effects of rejection? Yeah. So mentally, I feel like rejection has the potential to leave me in a place where I'm feeling, I'm having these feelings of like unworthiness and not belonging. And there's always that idea of like imposter status. Like I haven't worked hard enough to be in this space or like maybe my work is just not meant for this space. And I personally start to ask a lot of questions about like why. And I feel like whenever re rejection happens, we don't always talk out like why, <laughs> at least not, not in my experience. But I appreciate talking about why rejection, like why rejection happens because it just lets me know like beyond myself, what's happening outside of me, what's happening in the world and with these relationships and connections that are, are really moving through the world with me and we're interacting like people moments, places, all this stuff. So honestly, rejection, in addition to those other feelings I mentioned, it leaves me pretty upset. And usually what that goes into is like me channeling more energy into my own projects, because I'm just like, okay, that's a no, I got to keep going the other way. That's really cool to think about that you like take a, take a moment to kind of recognize the underlying causes of rejection and almost trying to reverse engineer that, you know, and then and then address that. So that's a really sort of interesting take on, on how to deal with rejection and process those emotions. Um, but you're right, like when when it first hits, and be even before you have like the cognitive capacity to kind of break it down and understand why you got rejected, there is a lot of just kind of sadness or anger or, you know, like questioning self worth or imposter syndrome. Um, yeah, those are very like visceral feelings that you have. So yeah, thanks for sharing that. Taylor, how about you? What's your kind of experience with rejection? For me personally, I think it can leave me really exhausted. It can be really tiring to receive rejections like, repeatedly, especially which happens a lot when you're doing a job hunt or an internship hunt or something where you're sending out more than just one application into the void and you're investing a lot of time and effort. When you get rejections back after investing so much, it can not only hurt but feel like you've been depleted and that it might not be worth it to try and it's it's really hard to resist that feeling of i i don't want to do this anymore because obviously i'm not good enough 
it's like you have to look like austin said at the the greater message of is this a value statement about me does this mean that i'm not right for this field for this work that i'm doing or is it an individual situation like sometimes i wish job applications and they when they reject you that they would say why they did it because <laughs> uh, sometimes you're left wondering like is it because i'm unqualified is it because you, they didn't like my personality or is it just because that i wasn't right for the position is it something completely logistical or was there just like one amazing candidate that they had to go with it sometimes leaves you wondering and it's really easy to attribute it to your own faults rather than maybe a situation or something more benign than like, I'm the worst. So <laughs> it, it can be hard to remind yourself of that, but I think it's important so that you don't get into one of those mental and emotional ruts of like being drained and not wanting to move forward. <laughs> yeah, just that, like, like what Taylor said, it leaves me exhausted. And we were talking about not only the mental, but the physical. And so like, I feel like I, I, when I experience rejection, my body feels heavy. And oftentimes I don't know, again, that answer of why. And it not only leaves my body heavy, but like my psyche heavy, which means I can't really move as best I could any other moment beyond that rejection, you know? So that's why why I expressed earlier, it's, it's nice to have some sort of outlet for that. Yeah, yeah, I think both of you um, share some really great points, um, Austin. I think it's really admiring that when you have faced rejection in the past, that you channel that energy into your own projects um, and using that, almost like flipping it and like recycling, I guess like the anger being upset into something that's a little bit more positive or something that like gives like direct benefit back to you on whether it's like pursuing something creative or to get your mind off things or things like that. And then Taylor, I think it was really nice the way you broke it down for us in the sense of like this whole spectrum of not immediately thinking like, when you get these rejections, like, oh, I'm the worst. But it's also, I think it's very easy for all of us to scrutinize like every single action that led to that rejection that usually comes in the form of something simple, like an email. But like Matthew had mentioned um, a couple minutes ago about the investment that we put in, um, you tend to, I think, specifically in like the job hunt or the internship search, like you think about like, oh, did I not send a thank you note in like the right time frame? Did someone beat me to it? Did I not like latch on to a certain part of like this, a really specific body language that an interviewer was giving. So I think that makes it really exhausting because then emotionally, like you kind of spiral, honestly, like into thinking about like all these little tiny things that may have affected the outcome or may have, but then you start thinking about different alternatives. And I think that ends up making us both mentally and physically exhausted. I know for myself, like I, like to go on a run if I'm stressed. So like if I'm already emotionally exhausted and I go on a run and I keep running, then my, just everything is tiring. But yeah, so I guess like I just mentioned running um, as a way and to kind of deal with this or not really think about rejection. But, and Austin, you had mentioned like kind of pursuing a creative outlet or focusing on your projects. But so after we recognize these different effects, whether physical, mental, or emotional in ourselves, we kind of start that process of addressing it and healing. So to dig a little deeper into that, how do you all think that we can mitigate these feelings of rejection, both as individuals or even as like a larger HCI community? 
I think that there's like a lot of ways to do it. And obviously I've suffered from imposter syndrome all the time, especially coming from like a engineering background. I'm always like, well, my designs, my visual design chops are just terrible, like compared to a lot of these people's. But I think especially with the job search, uh, what really helps is this is kind of like counterintuitive, but I've applied to so many jobs that sometimes I just don't care. Um, it's like so little commitment to me. But another thing is that seeing the other side of the job or internship, I guess, process, like the recruitment process, there's like a lot of like nonsense that happens. And there's like a lot of things that don't rely on anything but some random person's whim. So being able to see that on the other side definitely helps a lot because then you don't like question everything maybe. But it also means that you're kind of left up to luck sometimes and, and really the random whim of somebody. And that's really frustrating. So there's like both sides of it. I don't feel so bad because I know it wasn't because of me, but I feel worse because I can't control it. I think another thing that to deal with the feeling of rejection is to, you know, place less of an impact on your value as a human being. It's really hard to do that because a lot of these times it's like a skill-based assessment and that is a lot of how we value our well-being or value ourselves, but especially with these internships and stuff, like there is a lot of BS that goes in the background. So like that shouldn't affect your value. I would say that as a larger HCI community, um, I honestly think that the MSHCI program should put a little less focus on internships in the summer. Honestly, I think there are a lot of professors on campus that are like desperate for researchers, especially HCI researchers, and um, they kind of lose access to them in the summers completely because everybody goes out to an internship, which I think if we, you know, encourage more like staying at home kind of approach to HCI as a whole in our program, really, it'd be probably less a uh, feeling of rejection if you didn't get an internship or something like that. Yeah, I agree with you, Matthew. That's a really good point. I think it is really emphasized in our program, especially that you need to make these industry contacts. And while it's definitely good and definitely important, and there's always value to that. I think making it seem like this big, scary thing that you absolutely have to do or you're on a track to failure, it really, it does not do anything to soften the rejections that we experience on that hunt. I know while I've been applying to internships, I've been trying to feel chill about it. It's very hard to feel chill about it, but I do my best because there's all kinds of opportunities out there. And you have to remember that things happen for a reason as cheesy as that is and that there's no track that is a guaranteed failure or the wrong way to go so when you think about it like this opportunity just wasn't for me sometimes that can help mitigate your feelings of I've lost something that I really wanted so just not putting all of your eggs in one basket and saying that I have to do this or I failed making sure to avoid that kind of black and white thinking can really help you deal with those feelings of rejection and as a larger HCI community, I think that we can all maybe be a little bit more honest about our failures and rejections. Like, I only see my peers talking about internships when they're talking about when they landed one, right? I don't see, see people saying, I did four interviews and I didn't get any of the positions, or I put in 50 applications and I got rejected from all of them. No one wants to publicize those kinds of things. So being vulnerable with each other and the community and being willing to be honest about our failures, I think can help encourage everyone to feel less uh, devastated when rejection happens. I was just gonna chime in really quickly because I think um, what you mentioned, Taylor, about like 
um, people posting like their or sharing their successes. I think it's also important within our HCI community to recognize that someone else's successes doesn't automatically mean our failure if we are not on their same, if we haven't had that similar post or something. Because even in um, recent conversations, whether it's among the first years that I've been talking to or just among even our second years we're on the job search, I there have been comments made about like, oh, so-and-so got like this offer already. Why, how come I don't have interviews or how come where, how come I haven't had any offers yet? Like we've all done the same things and things like that. And it's really easy, I think, for all of us to compare each other when we're kind of, doing the same things or like going after the same roles to a certain extent. But I think it's really important that like everyone is on a different path, even if there are similarities. I think what both you and Matthew mentioned was like pretty profound. In relation to that, this is something that was already mentioned a bit earlier. I feel like I want to have more conversations about rejection. So like talking about it, not ruminating on the rejection, but like letting it out, like I said earlier. Um, and that doesn't have to be like, oh, I got to go produce something or construct something in response. It's like, you can just sit and talk with a friend about it. Or like was said earlier, just having those conversations of success and failure and rejection um, kind of in the same rooms. And I think that's really important because then that changes our relationship to like those words and to what we associate them with and how we respond in, in the particular situations in which rejection occurs and success because success is a whole other thing where we're figuring out how to best celebrate our own efforts and to do that in a way that feels right to us. Uh, and I'll say like, personally, like, <laughs> I, I just remember in undergrad when there was this moment, I think I took like one or two weeks, I applied to like 200 internships and then I got five responses back and two of those were acceptances. And something I grew up hearing was like, it only takes one. But in that moment, I was just like, wow, I put a lot of effort in and then I didn't even enjoy the internship I had. So like that's that's my own personal experience and why I feel like at this point, what I've shifted my mindset toward is that I can either get rejected in this internship space or I can go out here in the world and like do my own thing. Still going to get rejected sometimes, but like it just it hurts <laughs> a little less when I'm in the world doing my thing for some reason. I, I was going to talk about... Um... Something I think Austin and um, now brought up, which is that a lot of us are competing for the same jobs. I think that is like something that is different about our HCI community and also our program. But I just wanted to, I know this isn't super related, but like we kind of get stuck in a rut because um, like literally I know of like 13 other people who've applied to the same job for my program. Like how is it hard? To, like how is it not comparable to, to make a comparison. So I think it's another thing that just adds to it. Um, and speaking about like talking more about rejection, I think that like, it's really, it would be really nice to talk to, um, talk to like our peers, but it would also be really nice if I think someone mentioned earlier to find out why people rejected us. Um, I think it's kind of funny, but when I was at a job fair and I was talking to MailChimp, I was like, Hey, I think you guys rejected me. I would like to know why. And <laughs> Uh, basically the recruiter like literally explained like what they're looking for and like how I didn't fit that model and it, it helps like it helps me feel better I'm like oh that yeah I don't fit that at all actually so and that metric isn't based on my value or anything like that but yeah I like what Austin said about rejection in general and kind of conceptualizing what it is but I kind of think 
that normalizing rejection within our HCI community could be a way to facilitate growth as professionals and individuals, just because I feel like rejection, at least, you know, I feel like it happens to everybody at least once. And for me, it's happened multiple times, but (laughs) that's just part of life. But I feel like just having those conversations with your friends, like building a community in which rejection isn't something that's a negative thing. It's just more of like a step towards whatever it is next that you're going to do. Because perhaps the thing that you got rejected from was a thing that you didn't need to be doing anyway. So it's good to recognize and differentiate rejection and growth and how they interplay. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, all of these are such great, like, of insights into how we process and and deal with rejection as as individuals and as a community. Just to kind of add my experience, I just looked this up on my personal email. I looked up how many jobs I've applied to. It's close. I think it's a little more than 400. I have worked five jobs in my life. So no, four jobs in my life. So that's a 1% acceptance rate. Uh, so, you know, I, I think Matthew, to your point, uh, something you said earlier is that, you know, like you just keep applying, right. And eventually it just like, doesn't really impact you in any way. You know, you're just like, okay, this is, this wasn't for me. I'll just move on. So like, while that's not, of course, the best tactic, I think you do get kind of used to it. But I think one thing I've kind of made peace with is the fact that like, I will land in a place that actually made sense for me. Right. And, and in that moment, in in whatever set of skills I have or whatever experiences I have, it'll like, I will land in the place that I need to be and anywhere else wasn't for me at that time, right? I think it's helpful to maybe think about yourself as like a puzzle piece and you're finding which puzzle you fit into, right? And that's what a company is. That's what an organization is. That's what even like another person is, right? Like you want to see if you're a good fit. And sometimes you're just not meant to fit into a specific puzzle. So I think, you know, just to like vocalize the fact that, you know, rejection happens and it's so, so normal. Like it's so normal to get rejected and like, it's not that big of a deal. But I think one thing that I would say, like as a community, we can do more of as well is um, not to, I guess, sensationalize um, our effort, you know? Like, I think there's also a lot of like spectacle around the process of applying for jobs you know like if you have like a design challenge or a coding challenge or something and like making a lot of noise about that or maybe being like completely stressed out and i feel like when you see somebody else like freaking out then you start freaking out about yourself even though you're not actually that insecure you're just kind of catching this insecurity from somebody else i think that can be really detrimental so i think you know like being being very aware that like just because somebody else is approaching this journey in in their way doesn't mean we need to approach it in our path right like we can be calm and apply to something and if we get rejected we can have the strength to have like move on from that and that's fine right you don't need to freak out so i think that's that's really important and i think matthew just to reiterate what you're saying because i thought it was so important separating your sense of self-worth from your job your resume your relationships like they your self-worth cannot be contingent on these other things entirely right like your self-worth is not determined by your portfolio or your resume that's not who you are and like you just need to say that to yourself you need to say that to your friends and we need to like create this culture where we measure people by like their character rather than their resume or their paycheck yeah, and I was just going to add on really quickly, going back to Harshala, your point about um, like 
being that puzzle piece that fits in that puzzle that is like the company or organization when we're talking about like this um, job and internship search. A friend of mine a couple years ago, actually, he told me, and I still think about it all the time when like I get a rejection email or things like that, but you really need to go where you're celebrated and not where you're tolerated. So I think that just really emphasizes the fact that when people say like, oh, it's not a good cultural fit, like in hindsight, it probably wasn't a good fit for us either. It wasn't just like on our end that we like couldn't adapt to what they were looking for or we weren't good enough or we didn't have the right skill sets. But I think there's a lot to be said about like, this is a very colloquial way to say it, I think, but like you have the same vibes, <laughs> you know? Um, and I, I feel like we just forget that sometimes because it ends up feeling like a numbers game. Like the more you, of course, the more you apply to, the more chances you get. But I think we get lost in that sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. I think one thing that I really love about our community, and I've seen this happen just like personally, is that like I've seen people post jobs that I know they would apply to as well. You know, like a researcher will post a research job or something on like our like jobs and internships channel or something. And I think it's just a great recognition that like, A, this might not be my fit, but it could be a fit for somebody else. And B, like, just because this is a competitive environment doesn't mean that it's a zero sum game, you know? Like there's there's opportunity for everybody, especially in user experience. I think there's a place for everybody and it's hard, but I think there's opportunity, yeah. right? Yeah, and like if if a person MSHCI got it over you, that's still a win. That's absolutely a win. Not to say anything against like unnamed competing schools, but like a student from our program, a win. True. Yeah, anyways. But that if makes... someone from CMU gets it, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you dub, no thanks, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so thinking about, you know, like we have kind of these tactics for coping and, and dealing with rejection once we kind of run into it, but how do we kind of make sure to avoid destructive behaviors and mentalities in general, you know, even going into an application process or thinking about the entire cycle of applying acceptance, rejection? How do we break out of like negative cycles and, and move forward from rejection? How do we move past that? Sav, maybe you can start us off on this one. Yeah, so I think that building an infrastructure of a solid community is really important to help you from cycling into these negative destructive behaviors. So just having a community of friends within the program or outside of the program that value you for who you are and the skills that you have, I think that's really important. And at least in my experience, that has always kept me from those cycles of negative self-talk and anything, just because it can be easy to get stuck into what you think companies might be looking for or what the industry might be looking for, but you might be overlooking what value you can bring to the industry that isn't currently there. So I think it's really important to recognize in that yourself and recognize that in your peers as well. And just you can build your own community within the industry and um, move forward from there in, in a positive way. Yeah, I'd say a few things that keep me afloat in the midst of negative cycles and moving forward after rejection are curiosity, uh, remaining playful, and really doing my best to keep trusting myself, trusting my process and the people around me. Because like Sav said, I really agree that with the proper intent and with the proper people around you, you can build out whatever you really need in this space for yourself. Like, I, I feel like I have a bias because I'm just like, I, have, like, I haven't like I have found that space for myself out in the world as I know it. 
So now I'm just like, okay, how do I build this space for myself and do so in, in such a way where the rejection will come? Yes, but we can roll through it um, because we have the proper support system and the proper conversations and the proper just intent and motivations around all of that. Yeah, that's so true, Austin. For me too, I think it's really important if you need to take a break, then take a break. If you need to take a step back, take a step back. There's very little in this world that's worth destroying your physical, mental, and emotional health over. So if you find yourself slipping, you know yourself best. If you need to step away from something for a short time or reach out for help or just find a new direction from what you were expecting, then you should do that. There's never anything so set in stone that you can't do something different. So just be flexible and be gentle with yourself. So I think a rejection cycle in particular, like a negative cycle, it really definitely helps to have like a support group. You know, you always need like your cheerleaders telling you to like, oh, they don't deserve you and stuff like that. It's like really similar to like getting rejected in a relationship, honestly, I would say professionally and like in a relationship, you need some people like cheering you on on the other side and like uh, maybe blindingly <laughs> telling you that you're great. Those people are always great and I think they're really helpful for making you feel really not negative. Another thing that would just break out a cycle, obviously, is just you like getting an internship, which obviously is like besides the point, but I think that that will eventually break it. But um, I think that primarily you really need that support system. And I think that everyone, another thing is I think that everyone can do it. Like, it's not like there's any reason that we should be thinking that or, or suggesting that people can't get a job or can't get internships. I think that moving forward, um, it's it's very possible. And we just need to keep supporting people until that eventually happens. It will. Like that's I do believe that. Yeah, just to add my two cents to this, I think one thing that really helps me kind of break out of the cycle is giving myself like the time and space to feel the negative emotions that come with rejection. You know, like I will usually give myself like, oh, this is my sad day, right? This is the day where I just like get mopey and, and not work out and kind of let myself go and just like feel all the negativity. And then because there's like a deadline for me, I can then kind of benchmark that and say like, okay, from here, let's start looking forward. Let's start picking ourselves up, right? So like allowing myself those emotions is I think really important to just how I process. But also I think like to break out of negative cycles, you know, it helps to recognize that it's a cycle right, that it will come and go, that it is, you know, it'll oscillate between positive and negative states. I think it's important to recognize that, like, this too shall pass, as cliche as that sounds. But what you get out of it is a lot of resilience. And I think rejection does build a lot of resilience that, honestly, even when you do have a job or when you do have that relationship or you do have that opportunity, like, you will still need resilience, right? Like, having a job is not going to solve your life's problems. And you will face tough like situations within your career. And so just having the resilience to hear no, I think is a really valuable skill to build. And it's a big like muscle that you will flex over and over again in your career. So, you know, don't think of it as like a breaking moment, but as like a growth moment. I think that really helps. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, along with that, I think oh, we've talked a lot about creating this supportive, like emotional infrastructure and supportive community to like lift each other up um, when we do experience rejection. 
Um, but I think at the end of the day, like it's also important to recognize like ways that you can lift yourself up when you take, like Pershali mentioned, like giving yourself a sad day to like really process these emotions. Because I feel like a lot of these destructive behaviors, at least from my experience, stem from like distracting myself from those negative emotions, like just immediately pushing myself to do more work or like not really fully processing like what happened and like thinking about like maybe the feedback I was given or maybe just different things that kind of led to that outcome. Because I feel like when you don't think, give yourself time to think about it, if it happens again, then suddenly all of those emotions kind of come all at once. I mean, that's not that healthy either. So as we're winding down this episode, we love having and sharing hot takes. Or more like this episode, we decided to do a would you rather. So we've talked about both romantic and professional relationships here and there throughout this episode. So if you all could wave a magic wand and either never be rejected romantically again or never be rejected professionally again, which one would you choose? Hmm. If I could wave a magic wand and never be rejected romantically or professionally. Okay, I would... I'm going to say number two, never be rejected professionally again. I feel like being rejected romantically builds character. <laughs> so <laughs> sometimes you need that. You got you to be rejected every now and then. But professionally, if you're never rejected professionally, like imagine the possibilities. Like you could have any idea. Like it couldn't be like just for applying for a job. Like imagine you're building a business and you're never rejected professionally. Like you could build an empire. <laughs> so I'm going to say number two. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I also would say I'd never want to be rejected professionally again. Um, and I say that because like, how would I know who's like really available for a romantic connection if I've got to do all the rejecting? Like, it, we're just, it, that's a lot of emotional work on my part. And then also we're just never going to get anywhere. So, yeah. Yeah, I would, I would definitely have to pick the second option, never to be rejected professionally. I think that relationships can be a little overrated sometimes, but ruling the world with an iron fist definitely has got to be on my list. I mean, I just think more realistically, like, that's definitely a big power move. Like Sad was mentioning, you could basically like rule an industry. I mean, assuming that you can't be rejected professionally, I would just apply to random like company leadership positions and like either tear the company apart or <laughs> depending on what company it is or uh just try to move forward with a company i really like <laughs> um to kind of deviate from what everyone else is saying i would definitely choose never be rejected professionally um no professionally Wait, have you seen that um, i can't remember which oh. kardashian it is <laughs> have you guys seen the interview where she talks about john mayer <laughs> and she chooses him out of like a comparison like 17 times in a row that's that's me with this. Yeah, I think it was Chloe. Is that I think Chloe? it actually was. No. <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. I brought it up. Sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just tired of sending emails. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm tired of sending emails and I'm tired of receiving them. <laughs> I'd like to send one application and receive one response. So I'm a pick number two. <laughs> I really love that. Sorry. I'm so, that's how Sorry. I feel. Me and Howard really losing it <laughs> out here. I, I just love <laughs> your rationales. But um, I think mine would actually be never be rejected romantically because I feel like I've been rejected so many times professionally that I don't mind getting it again, like feeling that again. I'm like fine with that. I think romantically, it just like so much energy 
to be rejected from like any personal relationship I think that like I, I don't have time or energy for that how about you now um yeah this question is a little tough for me because my relationships have always been as nothing uh, <laughs> anyway. oh, I'm sorry <laughs> Jesus Roll it back. what does that Roll mean <laughs> Are they transactional? That's a little more problem. No! <laughs> I would choose to wait, yeah. Yeah, never yeah, to not be rejected professionally. Cause I first thought of it in the sense of like just jobs and in general, but now that we've expanded it to like ideas and like products that you could make and pitch, <laughs> like I could pitch a rock and that's like the best thing ever. Which sounds pretty pretty great. Um, yeah, sorry, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I think two is fun. <laughs> you should pitch something that plays colors of the wind when you blow on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that that was my proudest project yet. Most the one that makes <laughs> the most sense, I think, as well. <laughs> All mine do though, but that's a different story. That's I why I don't that. do design. We love that. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, we just want to say huge, huge thank yous to all of our podcast members, our, our podcast family here, Sav, Taylor, Matthew, and Austin. Thanks for joining us on this episode and just sharing your experiences, sharing your wisdom. It was just really great to have this conversation with you guys. I felt like it, it really gave me a lot of clarity. So thank you for joining us. Yeah, we loved having the whole podcast family on um, an episode today. But to all of our listeners out there, Tune in next time for an episode about academic art and design backgrounds. Because if you know, you know. And if you don't, yikes. Hey, just a moment. There's more. This week, we're featuring our friend, A-Valley. A-Valley is a musical artist currently living in Tokyo, Japan. The track is called Kankokunori. If you like what you hear, Check out more of A-Valley's music on Spotify and Apple Music. Find those details in the episode description. Here it is. Kanko Kunori. Nori nori day eco, flow is chilly, need a coat. This ain't not before your soul. Get you hot without a bowl. Relax and let it flow. That love from below, out to rock your speaker box, keeping it fresher than locks. So give me the capers, grindless skaters, run like trainers. We don't cook cooking soul and good vibes. Is how I cope mid omit the negative every time that I spit motivated for the fighters in a world so toxic. Cultivating sounds, we keep it pulling like oxen. You defined you, don't ever feel boxing. They gon' love you if they love you. They gon' hate you if they hate you thing is everybody's got options no surprises if they quick to flip the script like robin gibbons the only thing that's given if you be about your mission no submission go for the gold and do it for your soul yeah you gotta take control i